podcast. I am your host. I'm Shemaine Laney. I'm a nutritional therapist, integrative health practitioner, herdologist, and biohacker. I'm very happy to have you all back with me for another piece of your day. I really do appreciate that you choose my podcast to listen to during your day, and I hope you find them informative, and hopefully this one will be too. Before I go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So in this episode, we're looking at loose skin. I've spoken about loose skin a lot, especially after weight loss. You don't necessarily need to lose a ton of weight to have loose skin. Many women will experience some sort of loose skin even after pregnancy. There's many factors when it comes to having saggy or loose skin or skin that's lost its integrity or bounce. Um, But when it comes to weight loss, this is a question I will get a lot. Especially when I start working with women who have a lot of weight to lose, 100 or 200 pounds, and they usually ask me at the beginning, and I will, my general response is, hey, don't worry about it now, the protocol that we're going to take is going to help with that as we move along on your journey, but when there's a couple of factors that will drive skin to be looser, and I've spoken about my loose skin a lot. I lost 165 pounds of body fat and I was I've I am left with loose skin. Um compared to other people it's not that bad, but in my opinion it's still pretty bad. Um around my stomach it doesn't bother me too much cuz I'm generally not showing off my stomach. Um and I did also have two full-term pregnancies. But the what actually bothers me uh, like a lot is the loose skin at the back of my arms, like a lot. Now my arms are quite muscular and I've purposely built them to be that muscular to try fill out some of my arms and pull the skin a bit. And it has helped, it has helped, but there's still that little bit there that... Like the majority of the time, I'm like, whatever. But there's still that part of me that I'll say gets upset looking at it because I've put in a lot of hard work to make my body look a specific way. I really do practice what I preach. And I think that's very important. If you have a teacher, they should know the struggles, but also practice what they preach. And I have spoken to a few people. Um, I know a girl here recently in Airdrie who just had a huge amount of skin removed. I won't give out her name in case she gets embarrassed, but if she listens to this podcast, she'll know who she is, um, which is amazing for her. But I was telling her, like, I'd love to get it done. I'd love to get the skin cut off the back of my arms, but 
I just, the pros and the cons don't weigh up for me. Like it would be amazing to have that loose skin cut off and really show off my arms to like their full extent and the amount of work I've put into them. But the recovery time is 16 or more weeks, probably less for me because I know a couple of hacks that encourage healing and regeneration. But regardless, if it was 16 weeks and I couldn't lift weights and I couldn't exercise and I started to go catabolic and lose my, some of my strength and my muscle, which would happen, and then that's going to affect my mental health. And then I start eating like this is what goes through my head then I start eating because my mental health's messed up because I can't work out properly um and then I gain the weight some of the weight back and those of you that have lost a lot of weight and who are predisposed to obesity like I am you know it's very very easy to gain the weight back yeah there's some things that we can do to stack conditions in our favor but it's still pretty easy so then I'm like no that's not gonna it's not worth the risk and really the big thing there is my mental health like that would really affect me a lot if I couldn't work out so what is the alternatives um well like I said you can build a lot of muscle to try pull the skin out and part of building muscle obviously involves consuming the right foods, including proteins um, like cartilage, collagen, good fatty acids, obviously lean protein, um, parts of an animal that would also include elastin in it. So let's get into this. What are some things? Well, firstly, if you're going to start off on a health journey or a fat loss journey or fat loss campaign, whatever you want to call it. If you have 20 pounds to lose, 30 pounds, the chances of you having loose skin after losing that is pretty slim, unless you have really bad skin integrity. Now, people whose ancestry has more of that sallow skin closer to the equator, their skin generally tends to bounce back a lot better and be of better quality, whereas people of like Northern European and Northern American descent, like Irish skin, is more prone to having stretch marks and not bouncing back as well. And I think a big part of that is genetic expression because of sun exposure throughout our lives. But anyway, so if you're in the 20 to 30 pounds, you're probably not going to have a lot of loose skin. But as you start to get 50 pounds down, 70 pounds down, 100 pounds, 200 pounds, now we have a risk factor that there's going to be some loose skin there. So what I will say first is, and I will stand by this all the time, as much as people want to lose weight super fast, and it does happen to some of my clients, but I watch them very carefully, as much as people want to lose weight fast, you really are better off losing slow and steady and consistently. That kind of range, ideally, now this is going to be individual because a heavier person could lose more weight per week because their metabolism is going to be higher potentially. But the average weight loss I like to see with my clients is around 1.5 to 2 pounds per week. And again, it depends on the person. Someone who is maybe 300 pounds 
I would like to see them lose a bit more each week. But regardless, you want to lose slow and steady and consistently so that your body, your cells, your tissues have a chance to adapt and slowly reform and reshape. A lot of people don't consider their cell when they're losing weight and not just a fat cell, all the cells, your body is one system, it's all connected, but the cells are pretty much, when you combine all the cells in your body, well, guess what? That gives you the shape of your body. That is your body. So you have to consider cell structure is like cellulite. There's a big part of cell structure there that's going to influence if you have cellulite or not. Um, and generally people with poor skin integrity are going to be more prone to cellulite because they have pure tissue integrity or to break that down even more, it's poorer cellular integrity. So right at that cellular basis, that cell shape, the structure, the strength of that outer matrix of the cell that's going to influence how things bounce back and the structure that's going to be there of the body overall. So slow and steady because you're allowing your body to catch up with itself. And provided everything is done right, as you're losing body fat and you're doing the correct practices, your body is flushing out those damaged cells, those broken fat cells, the toxins that are in fat cells, all that fun stuff. And then it's starting to form newer, stronger cells, healthier cells that are more um, resilient. They have more buoyancy to them. And the buoyancy comes to really how clean your diet is as well because buoyancy comes from what the cell is made up of the outer cell membrane is made up of fatty acids and that's basically going to be the fatty acids that you consume so the cleaner your fatty acids are um krill oil like my one of my most recent podcasts discusses um, avocado oil, coconut oil, macadamia oil, good fats from grass-fed and pasture-raised animals, stuff like that, like clean fats, then your cells are going to be strong and made up of these structured strong fats. Whereas if most of your diet is made up of trans fats and polyunsaturated fatty acids and fats that have been oxidized then your cell is going to be the outer cell matrix is going to be made up of that and that does not form a smooth cell because these fat chains are damaged and then inside the cell you've got water and that's going to be like ideally very clean water and when you have very clean water inside the cell then you've got your like cellular functions your metabolic functions the mitochondria the spinning heads they can all work properly so that helps with metabolism but also it's within the cell that you have these collagen strands that hold the cells and the tissues that give them their structure and their shape. Um, so this all combined then 
gives your body structure, like I said, and then we also have another molecule in there called elastin that contributes to that buoyancy and helps things bounce back, like, I don't know, like a bounce, the kid's bouncy ball. So you want to consider all of this, that as you're breaking down the fat cells, slow and steady wins the race, you're detoxifying, you're eliminating them properly, you're killing off any damaged dead cells, and now you're helping to build newer strong cells, because we build, we make cells like every night, whether or not they're going to be healthy depends on the lifestyle you live but we also then any cells that can kind of be redeemed that have still got a bit of life in them we want to give them new life we want them to be healthier and better um so I did so time is important take your time I know you want to rush ahead but come on realistically I say this to people all the time if you lost two pounds a week over 20 weeks let's say between January and May just before summer two pounds a week 20 weeks that's 40 pounds for many people that is them hitting their goal between January and May and there you go they just go into maintenance and this is very doable very very doable provided you take the right approach now in that along with time and I mentioned detoxification. You want to have optimized detoxification pathways. Um, I mentioned collagen there. Collagen, oh, that collagen needs a whole podcast episode to itself. And I've done two years ago, but I do intend to do another new one because some of the comments I see about collagen on inst- on social media are insane. So collagen is very bioavailable. It is very active when you consume it. Um, Collagen is produced by fibroblasts within the body. Um, And the older you get, these fibroblasts and the enzymes that stimulate them, the, the production starts to slow down. And then you throw in a bad lifestyle, too much TV, watching too much TV, staying up late, not exercising, blue light exposure, pollutants in the environment, uh, alcohol, poor nutrition, then you're going to really speed up that process of degrading your collagen and slowing down production of new collagen. Um, Collagen is what gives you that taut and firm skin and collagen plays a huge part in bone health and ligaments, tendons, um, cartilage integrity, collagen plays a big part in a woman's menstrual cycle and building up the uterine lining. Like collagen is so important, but collagen you get as a supplement, there is a lot of silly comments that go around social media. Oh, my so-and-so said that it's not bioavailable or that it doesn't work or it's a waste of money. Well, I can tell you here and now that is false. If you get a good bioavailable hydrolyzed collagen peptide it can be easily assimilated and when it's in peptide form there's a lot of talk about peptides now so um, when it's in peptide form it it's almost like an enzyme that it'll go straight in and do what it is supposed to do there are certain dosages that you need to take But collagen is a big player in creating the cell, not just the way people think, oh, collagen is good for hair, skin and nails. No, let's get to the cellular level. You want strong cells and then all of those cells accumulate to make you strong. 
then you have to consider like this is at a cellular level. So collagen really does play a part here. Now there's also context, like you can't just take a collagen supplement and continue to have, uh, put, to put it bluntly, a shitty lifestyle and nutrition habits and expect it to perform miracles. It does not work like that. But if you have made the appropriate diet and lifestyle changes and you're consistent with them and you're consistent with collagen and you're doing other things to complement and encourage cellular production, then yes, it's going to work. It's going to give you some really, really nice results. The studies on collagen, the research now is in the thousands. There is a lot of research on collagen and its specific amino acids, especially glycine. Um, collagen does work, but it's in context as well. Because again, if you're eating Wendy's every day and you're drinking alcohol a couple of times a week and you're not getting exercise and you're going to bed late and you're watching TV and blah, 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 taking some collagen, at that point, it is a waste of money. Like you take it, it may have teeny tiny benefits, but not a lot. Now, you don't have to just get collagen from a supplement. Of course, we get collagen from mostly animal meats and animal products. And we also get elastin. So that elastin, that kind of helps everything stay together and bounce together. Well, elastin also predominantly comes from uh, animal proteins and animal meats and animal products, cottage cheese, milk, um, fish, of course, contains collagen and elastin, but you need a higher concentration with fish so marine collagen is not as potent or effective as bovine collagen you do need it in a higher dosage but you can get the elastin as well you can get from nuts and seeds and if you can do legumes if you can do beans you will um Brazil nuts are amazing Brazil nuts are also very rich in vitamin e so selenium Brazil nuts are well known for selenium and selenium is important because it helps with the healing and regeneration. Selenium directly influences thyroid and metabolism and that's going to directly influence healing and uh, regeneration. But you've also got vitamin E in there as well. Vitamin E is super important for good skin. Most of the fatty acids are important for your skin. So fatty acids being your essential fatty acids like your EPA and DHA, so what we would get out of krill oil or really good cod liver oil. Go check out my recent podcast on krill oil versus fish oil. Uh, fatty acids you would get out of nuts and seeds. You would also get out of your animal products. You get out of avocado, um, your cheeses, your yogurts, coconuts. Yeah, you get fatty oh olive oil amazing avocado oil extra virgin olive oil amazing um for the skin so good for the skin but the fatty acids are essential again for that cellular membrane but also keeping your skin like moist and bouncy um so you want to get enough of the fatty acids and it doesn't mean you have to supplement with everything this is where diet plays a huge part having good diet and then our antioxidants and our vitamin C, they come in and they complement how collagen 
and elastin works. So really quick, a lot of people have heard, well, in order for collagen to be effective, you need vitamin C. Well, yeah, but it's antioxidants are going to help the collagen work a lot better. Now, antioxidants is kind of an umbrella term for these um, molecules that scavenge free radicals. So free radicals are basically these toxins that get into your body. They're loose electrons and they act like, you know, those pinball machines when you pull the handle back, the spring then hits the ball and it goes ping, 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 ping. Well, that's what free radicals are like in your body. These crazy electrons that go around and they bounce off everything and they just mess stuff up and they smash everything and they just cause damage all over your body. So then antioxidants, as we in layman's terms would consider them, they scavenge these free radicals. So they basically donate an electron, which calms them down. And then they don't bounce around like lunatics anymore, causing trouble. Then, so once you have them under control, then you've got the antioxidants in the polyphenolic aspect, um, your catechins, your flavonoids, all of these amazing kind of subsets of antioxidants and polyphenols, they come in and they do amazing things in themselves. They encourage stem cell production. They reduce inflammation. They cool down that fire that a lot of people have in their body. They help encourage genetic expression. They promote good healthy cells. They promote good neuro and muscular connectivity. Like they do so much and they help then your proteins work even better. Again, though, you can't just take collagen and eat a load of blueberries and expect miracles. It's in context. You need to do the whole lot. Your body is one system, so you have to have a whole system approach to this. But polyphenols are very, very important when it comes to weight loss. So uh, collagen, I say to my clients all the time, like collagen is very underrated in weight loss. It's one of these things that if we have enough collagen in our diet, then we can, as we're losing weight, we can really start to slow down um, the chances of rebound weight gain. Like we can influence that, but also we obviously have better looking skin and body shape or structure if that makes sense as we're on our fat loss journey because everything is renewing better and holding together better but there's a lot of research showing how polyphenols help to prevent rebound weight gain uh there's one study titled and I shared this in my master's group a couple of weeks ago um, it's basically about post-dieting polyphenol intervention I've been speaking about this for years because polyphenols they influence your body on so many levels but this study from the BMJ basically discussed how dietary flavonoid intake and weight maintenance were directly connected. The more polyphenols or flavonoids you consume and have in your diet, like the more bitter, tart, and sour foods you have, like I discussed in the recent Apple podcast, then there's a higher chance of maintaining or keeping the weight off in the long term because these polyphenols 
really influence how your body um, stores fat and creates new cells. Um, and there's just so many, they influence your gut. There is another research, there's another study on PubMed, excuse me, that basically shows polyphenols reverse obesity and metabolic syndrome. The title of that study was, that's not too old, you know, 2018, Intervention with Citrus Flavonoids Reverses Obesity and improves metabolic syndrome and arteriosclerosis. And then there's another one. I really like this one. I've quoted this one a lot to my clients. Um, higher polyphenol diet aids in weight maintenance. That one is our BMJ as well. Um, that was in the main one. Dietary flavonoid intake and weight maintenance. Three prospective cohorts of 124. Um, men and women uh, followed over 24 years, which is a good study, which can obviously tell us a lot about maintaining your weight over two decades. So polyphenols are very important, not just um, for what I mentioned there in preventing weight gains, but also influencing genetic expression, but also influencing your microbiome and inflammation. Um, I'm going to start to wrap this up now. Two other things you need to consider with loose skin. Inflammation. Inflammation is the main driver of aging. I did a podcast episode on this. It doesn't need an updated one. It's still 100% relevant. It's called inflammaging. That's what aging is referred to now when it's driven by inflammation, which is most people. So when the skin gets inflamed, when the blood gets inflamed, when the brain is chronically inflamed, they start to die and age very fast and they struggle to recover and regenerate. Um, so inflammation is a big part of this because if your skin and your tissues are constantly inflamed, they're not going to bounce back properly. So you really have to address inflammation. That's where taking that whole system approach comes in. That includes one of the biggest drivers of inflammation is poor sleep. You need to prioritize sleep for so many reasons. Like sleep is number one. I'm like a broken record saying that to my clients. Sleep is number one for so many reasons. But if you want healthy skin, you've got to prioritize sleep. You know, sleep is literally considered the original fountain of youth. If you compromise your sleep, you don't have good sleep quality and you're staying up all night and cramming in Netflix or scrolling on YouTube or TikTok and then only getting five or six hours sleep, guess what? You are going to get wrinkles way faster and you're going to start looking old very, very fast. I can guarantee you that. That's not me just being scary or um, exaggerating. I can guarantee you, you're going to age faster if you do not prioritize sleep. And I know many people this has happened to, especially a couple of people in my family. When they listen, they will know who I'm talking about, but it's not like I didn't warn them. Um, and then the last thing is hydration. Hydration, as many people know, is very important when it comes to weight loss, but also for the skin integrity. As you break down your body fat, all of that that's inside the cell. Okay, so you here's how it works. You break down a fat cell. That fat cell has a carbon backbone. The carbon gets taken away and you exhale the carbon. 
the rest of the fat cell, the toxins, the chemicals, the hormones that were stored within that fat cell, they get dumped into your bloodstream. So then the bloodstream has to take them through your excretory organs or your detoxify organs, goes through the detoxification pathways, hopefully they're working optimally, and then you pee them out or you poop them out or uh, you sweat them out. So a lot of fat loss is the metabolic byproducts of exhaling and water. When you break down a fat cell, you end up with carbon, metabolic water. So you are sweating or you're peeing a lot. People who lose a lot of weight tend to pee a lot. Um, and that's not just because they're drinking more water. It's because they're breaking down a lot of fat cells. They're making a lot of metabolic water. This is how camels work. Uh, they don't carry around water in their homes. That's fat. And when they break down that fat, that's metabolic water. But anyway, I'm rambling now. Um, and then you also dump all these hormones and toxins into the bloodstream and they then have to be eliminated. Part of that elimination is flushing. You have to flush. So that's where clean water comes in. And clean water ideally is not water that's laden with fluoride and aluminum and all these different toxins. Um, I, I speak about water a lot. You know, I'm very particular about water, uh, especially the water I put in my own body. But also the quality of the water influences that cell. Remember I said the inside of the cell is made up of water. The cleaner the water is, the better that cell is going to work. Uh, I've spoken about deuterium a lot. I did a whole podcast episode um, with the Center for Deuterium just before the summer. It was a great conversation. Go check it out um, if you want to kind of understand more about what deuterium is and how it influences not just your cell and your metabolism, but your overall health. So that was with uh, Dr. Q and Dr. Ann out of the Center for Deuterium Depletion. That was a great conversation. Anyway, so the cleaner your water, the lower the deuterium is going to be. But regardless, deuterium goes into the mitochondria and it jams up the spinning heads. Then the spinning heads can't spin. Therefore, your mitochondria breaks and you cannot make energy because the mitochondria is where you make energy. If you can't make energy, your metabolism slows down. If your metabolism slows down, of course, you're going to gain weight. You're going to struggle to lose weight. But all the other metabolic processes slow down too. So detoxification slows down. Uh, circulation slows down, cognitive performance slows down, healing and regeneration slows down, it all does. Um, so clean water is so important on so many levels, trust me when I say this. Um, apart from that, um, there's a couple of other things really quick. Um, activating heat shock proteins, there's a lot of research showing that they can help the skin kind of bounce back. I love um, the research around heat shock proteins. I've been recommending very hot baths and hot showers and saunas for like years and years and years. And I've been practicing them for years and I think they're playing a huge part in my recovery and my anti-aging. Um, what would you say? My, how I age? I think I'm aging pretty well. And I think the heat exposure plays a big part in that. So activating those heat shock proteins. Um, I've got a lot of studies on that in my biohacking Facebook group, if you want to go check them out. Um, also, 
the stuff you put on your skin, super important. I use Beauty Counter on my face. I use um, a body, a clean body butter from a local company, Green Butterfly, here out in Airdrie. My friend Alicia Bowman makes and owns everything. Uh, super clean, lots of herbal extracts in them. So what you put on your body, very, very important. I try to just really take care of myself. I use coconut oil on my skin. I did a whole podcast on skincare not too long back. I think it's titled Total Skincare. Go check that out. Um, I'm pretty particular about putting chemicals on my skin. So again, it's like a whole system approach. Yeah, I know there's options out there, not just the removal of the skin, like I mentioned, there's laser therapy, there's cold therapy options from some of the local dermatologists. There's a couple of options, but really, like if you're doing everything daily while on your fat loss journey, it's not something you need to concern yourself too much about, provided you're doing everything. And then as well, you're going to know, like, my skin's pretty good or my skin's pretty crappy. Especially if you've had kids, you'll know how your skin bounces back or doesn't bounce back. Now, of course, higher risk of loose skin if you have a lot of weight to lose. Like, if you were pretty slim and then you had a pregnancy and then your stomach bounced back pretty easy couple of stretch marks, no loose skin, okay, but 10 years later, you've now gained 100 or 150 pounds, that's a complete different kettle of fish, like that's a different scenario, but anyway, I don't want to keep rambling, I hope you guys found this helpful, really, this is my best advice to give you for loose skin, I know somebody's going to ask me about supplements, so here, if I was going to give you some supplement recommendations, get out pen and paper. These would be them. Hydrolyzed collagen peptides, pure creole oil, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C each day. Try to get a good one. I like now has a really good vitamin C pill that's got bioflavonoids and rose hips in it. And we spoke about the flavonoids. So uh, you want to make sure you have minerals because minerals help the body work better. So I like to drink a lot of San Pellegrino. I drink Vaz and Gerald Steiner as well. These are very mineral rich, clean waters, which are lower in deuterium than our average waters and definitely lower and cleaner than tap water would be. Um, so that's the collagen, krill oil, vitamin C, minerals with clean water. You could also add in electrolytes as well if you want there. I take vitamin E and vit not vitamin E, I take a vitamin A with my vitamin D daily. Always take my vitamin D. If I don't have it in a fatty capsule, I'll take it with a fatty meal. Um, I really love royal jelly for skin, for a woman's skin. Um, and then you could go down the avenue of bioidentical hormones. But I think that's enough. I think those are some good options there. If you've got a slower thyroid and slower detoxification, you may consider like an N-acetylcysteine product or glutathione, but may not be necessary if you're doing everything else correct. Um, I hope this was helpful. I'm going to leave this at this. If you have any questions, please reach out to me on Facebook 
or Instagram at Shemaine's Model Help. I'm pretty good on Facebook Messenger, not so good on Instagram. Uh, or you can email me. If you go to my website, shemaine'smodelhelp.com, there's a uh, contact me button at the top there and that will send me an email and I'll respond as soon as I can. Um, if you like this podcast episode, feel free to leave me a review. It is Christmas and sharing is caring and I would really appreciate it. Also like and subscribe if you haven't done already. Okay, everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.